Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. spend a half hour trying to figure this out <laughs> okay what just the background yeah <laughs> it was hey i gotta be honest with you it was totally worth it <laughs> and by the way a complete waste of time because they don't tell you that you have to be logged in to be able to do this kind of shit ah so it's like go to find this under this menu well it's not there but where the fuck is it the best oh, they don't tell you have to be fucking logged in, you fuckers. Thanks a fucking lot for wasting a fucking half hour of my fucking time. I like that you did spend this whole half hour to do a dilapidated basement where you could easily have just gotten in your dilapidated basement. <laughs> this is oh, like, no. This is like I don't want people to see room. my hoarding. <laughs> I like that you tried to pick the shittiest basement, but you live on top of one that could be <laughs> comparable to this, if not better. And then you could have just told us it was a background. You know what I mean? I just, uh, well, it is the coolest part of the house. And all the bodies, the the souls make it even colder because ghosts always take the heat out of the air. Oh, Jeremy, your background makes me want to give you a background check. <laughs> <laughs> it's Pogo's basement. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah. Turn up. <laughs> Uh, no, if you're I'm... in this kind of basement and all of a sudden you see a clown, that means a fresh body's going to be added soon. I believe that on all <laughs> levels. Jeremy P. Woodworth, welcome to Quality Time. I'm your host, Eric Woodworth. I'm joined by my blood, my brother, Mr. Jeremy P. Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? I don't know who you're talking about. Oh, is this is this the Sir Great Patrick Stewart? Well, maybe Patrick Stewart, but I prefer to be called Dr. Lousinge. Dr. Lousinge. <laughs> yes, Dr. Lousinge. And by the way, this movie is my first movie where I did an on-screen kiss with a man. Yes, it is. Uh, very groundbreaking for 1985, Patrick Stewart. Uh, very exciting. To... But not for me personally. <laughs> <laughs> I am in theater. <laughs> I I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it did. And uh, we're also joined by the very lovely, the very talented Miss Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm alive, Daddy. Yes, you're alive. It's been a hell of a week. Your car looks like Tommy Simbazo's face. We're all excited <laughs> really? to be here. Yeah, she did hit Tommy a deer. get hit by a deer? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy got hit by life and the choices he made. Uh no, that's it's good. Um, I'm glad to have everyone here today on another exciting episode. Does, is there? Am I the only Quality Time member? 
Am I the only quality time member that has a fully working car right now? Well, um, uh, I have there. a semi-working car. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> I thought, how, how dare he be like, I'm <laughs> I'm the wealthier of the three. I'm like, fuck you. No, 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 it's not that. Because Jeremy told me this last week that his his engine exploded. You hit a yeah. deer and you got you got the fucking wonk eye mobile that's running around, right? So it's tough times with the quality time cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Jerry, are you driving again yet, or is the car is the 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 Ford is it is it dead? Well, I had it in the shop. They told me it was leaking oil, and that I needed a new engine. And by what they had told me, my wife questioned their integrity, and I took it to another shop, and they charged me to clean the engine, and said they couldn't even find a leak. So now I'm still driving it again, and it's not smoking like it was the one time. So they said, drive it 150 miles and come back and see. we'll see if it's leaking uh, this time. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my vehicle is still running, even though I got a prognosis of death and uh, a lot of wasted time and a lot of um, uh, aggravation. So I got to say, Jeremy, I do the same thing with my body. They're like, hey, like you're you're about to run this thing into the ground. And I'm like, well, it gets me from here to there and I don't got a choice. So. <laughs> Does that mean I can still fuck a hundred people or a thousand? Yeah, hell yeah. I'm uh, kidding. I <laughs> might have sounded kind of rude, but I, I, I know I'd I... ask it if I was going to die soon. So, but for me, it'd be either one or ten because <laughs> that's all I can get, mm. and they're all really fat and drunk. So. Hell yeah! Uh, every three thousand miles, you got to take you got to take Jeremy and be like, "All right, you slut, let's change it." <laughs> Hey, how else am I supposed to date without roofies? Oh man, how else? I don't know. Uh, by, uh, my, by my looks or my character? Yeah. <laughs> oh, have you? It's my unfinished crawl space not turning you on. Uh, I, I work Jeremy, on my pickup. I work on my pickup lines. Like, do you like clowns? Jeremy, you would do great on Bumble. I'm sure. Bumble is that for clowns? No, well, sort of. It's a dating app, so there's plenty of clowns on there and creepy, creepy clowns. men. I'm, you know what? There is an option you can put. I'm searching for young men uh, whose families won't know that they're missing, have no, you know, no family, no contacts. So yeah, you could definitely try it out. And homeless. Yes, <laughs> there are plenty of homeless men on Bumble. So absolutely, go go on there, Jeremy. You'll you'll do. Hey, good. look, Eric's got a bathroom background. Yeah, <laughs> background. <laughs> Wink. Uh, speaking of bathrooms, last night, uh, Jeremy, before you came on the show, uh, I wanted to uh, tell you about what I did last night. Uh, I was on in the virtual reality world. Okay. So me, Tommy, and uh, Brian, uh, Justin, we all got uh, virtual reality headsets, okay? And uh, we got a little mini game, uh, mini golf game last night, and we started playing. And Tommy, um, without giving away too much, uh, brewed him up a little bit of his special tea, if you know what I mean. You know what I'm talking about? A little bit of that special tea that he uh, makes. Drugs. Uh, well, yeah. we're not going to use the word like that, but sure, yeah, may- maybe he made he made a special brew Highly for illegal. himself. 
but he made it like particularly strong. Like when he told me the dosage of tea that he was taking, it made me have a panic attack inside because I've done close to that much. And boy, oh boy, did I never want to do that much again. So he's just doing this as recreation. So he starts playing the game and he's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom before things get weird. And so he's still wearing his headset and we can see that his character level has dropped to sitting style. (laughs) And he... (laughs) So you have these little controllers, like with the Wii, Jeremy, where they're strapped to your hands. You're supposed to hold them, and it shows where your hands go. But he he has it just dangling, like probably at his elbow, and he's he's wiping. And all we see is like his golf club going. He's like, oh, God. And then it started to kick in on him. He's like, this is fucking really weird, man. I don't know if I can handle this. We are in fucking hysterical tears as Tommy. We're just imagining that he's using the controller to just scoop the shit out of his asshole, and he's gonna have to wake up in the morning and just uncrust it. Oh uh, man, this is so gross. it was really gross. But we did do eighteen holes, and uh, it was a great game, and I had a fun time. And Tommy, then we got off at like about midnight last night, I want to say, and I got a message from at three thirty a.m. He's like, "Hey guys, it was a blast hanging with you." And so he just left the VR world three hours after that. <laughs> he was just, you know, meandering around, flying around a golf course, having the time of his life in his own apartment. So, Which, by the way, you may have done 18 holes, but obviously Tommy did 19. Oh! <laughs> oh, the poop hole. I like that. He's talking about his butthole. <laughs> um... Can I can I inquire as to um, um, Ashley? Did you have a guitar earlier in life? Did you get rid of a guitar? I did. I no longer uh, have it because I'm always poor and I wasn't good at it. But uh, Jeremy's been wanting to know. I used to play an old Fender Squire that had been given to me from somebody else because they're like, I'm not going to use it, and I enjoyed it for probably like a year. And then it turns out, (laughs) Jeremy, that music is like my other passions. Useless because I'm bad at them and I quit. So (laughs) Jeremy's bad at music. He's never stopped. Yeah, right. You think I'm going to turn into fucking Ingrid Malmsteen tomorrow? And you're going to be like, oh, where the hell did that happen? (laughs) Not my Jeremy. Me. my boys are good at music you know who I, else I is really there's a lot of popular artists that are really horrible at music too so don't worry you should keep doing it man then do you think i have a shot at comedy because there's a lot of terrible people that are doing better than me and it's not like it's causing me to slip into some sort of existential depression <laughs> look your, your your goal your goal is the mighty cat which is spelled with a k-a-t and i think she might be german uh, I don't think she also plays a violin pretty bad as metal too. Oh, but if you can reach that Lisa Loeb status, <sighs> you're ahead of the head of the uh, game. So yeah, but you know what? That is great advice because all I got to do is just only hear what I want to, and I'll be very successful in life. Yeah, I mean Yoko Ono has an album, so you could do it. I believe in you. <sighs> Jesus, what? And she only fucked and and helped fuck up one of the greatest groups of all time so god yoko ono is like the more annoying bjork i I fantasize about getting like a time machine 
and going back to that famous day in 1980 when Mark David Chapman <laughs> shot John Lennon and mm -hmm. making sure that I, you know, what's the word, you know, change history so that instead <laughs> of shooting Lennon, he shot Yoko instead five times in the back. Ah, you'd shoot Yoko. Do you think he comes back with, with Paul, Sir Paul McCartney? Because listen, I know we talk about the breakup, the Beatles and everything, but listen, we got wings, which is, you know, I think we can all agree much better than the Beatles band on the run. Get out. Hell of town. Yeah. <laughs> live, live and let die is the greatest Beatles song of all time. Hell yeah. Um, anyway, so Mark. Plus, Davis, what song has a better uh, what but song has a better chant where you just say "Die, die, die, live and let die." I will die, and I just do that for hours on end when I'm alone. I will say that uh, <laughs> they are my, um, you know, the uh, fucking that song. Live and let die. I'm a I'm a bigger fan of the uh, the the Guns and Roses version. Yeah, it's stronger. If I'm being honest, it had a better whistle to it too. Yeah. What uh, are you talking about? Nothing. I I don't even know what we're talking about. Are we ready to get into tonight's film? Because we got a lot. No, to let, no let's with talk this. about the whistle in Guns and Roses. Live and let die. <laughs> no, because when it goes. Da, 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 da. <laughs> It's just a slide whistle during that one part. Because these things are important to me, man. I play okay. a slide whistle. Anyway. <laughs> Does it make funny noises when it goes in your mouth? <laughs> whenever whenever he's finishing, I'm like, whoop, whoop. I'm like, uh. I do think <laughs> of it, the funny slide whistle sound is like, whoop. whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it ends with a... It ends with a <laughs> Oh my god. Well, when the sex starts, you hear the and when it's over, <laughs> honestly, if I feel bad for like guys though cuz when it's reversed and they're doing it for me, I sound like a recorder cuz at first you're like, "Oh, this is nice." And like, "Oh, no, no, no this is bad. Can we stop?" So <laughs> Anyway. I always I always feel like that sound just sounds like a, a cat eating wet food. You know what I mean? It's just like. Anyway. Yeah, I feel like when men eat my pussy, it sounds like Eric sticking his face in a platter. A potato <laughs> a salad. Potato. <laughs> Shout outs pre-show. Shout outs. Oh, man. Catch all that and more. As you already did if I left it in the beginning of the episode. Or future bonus cunt. Uh, Jeremy. Bonus are, cunt. Are we ready to get into tonight's film? Are we, yeah, Jeremy? Because no. it, it's a... Oh, boy. 1985's... Vampires! Life Force, which uh, is uh, is a canon film, Jeremy, which is very exciting. Yes. Uh, produced by the great canon films, responsible for such hits as Masters of the Universe, Superman 4... Uh, as well as uh, uh, what is it? Breaking and uh, Breaking Two Electric, yes, Boogaloo, Electric Boogaloo, which is also the biggest. I like to flop. think of. <laughs> I, I like to think of Canon as the Jews that make Weinstein Brothers seem less Jewish. That is true. Well, they are also considerably less rapey, although they are very. Uh, they also do 
consider uh, uh, their leads as just how they look constantly, which is uh, is very evident in this film. Uh, but Canon Films is very, very famous for making some of the worst sequels in history, including like 15 Charles Bronson Death Wishes. Uh, after Death Wish 1, they made all of the sequels to Death Wish. Um, it's a great, uh, if you ever watch the movie Electric Boogaloo, and I highly suggest that, it is the documentary about Canon Films and how these fellas would go overseas with a picture of Chuck Norris on a poster and something that just said Life Attack, and they would get millions of dollars from Israel to go make a movie that didn't even have a script. It was just a poster with Chuck Norris. They're amazing uh, marketers and uh, decent producers, and everyone who ever said that that they worked for uh, Menachem uh, and uh, whatever the other fellow's name was. They said that, that it was the best Slow-mo. time. The, the best time that they ever had was working for um, uh, Canon Films because they really do. They were really just fans of movies from Israel that were just like, I want to make the movies that uh, is, is art. And they would just maybe, they, listen, Sometimes there has to be a conductor of everything, okay? You can't just let everyone go fucking crazy uh, because I can't name you. Uh, Otherwise, what's going to happen is you give a wonderful... Uh, um, a wonderful director in Tobe, Toby Hooper, uh, who I love, a poltergeist in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, who does this movie and directs it in Life Force, which is a, not a great movie, but has lots of ties to the rest of the world. Now, uh, Canon Films would do a lot of things like, we need to make our own Alien movie. And they would do that, and they were like, well, we'll get all the parts for Alien, and we make Alien movie. And so they... A lot of what Life Force is was trying to be like their version of Alien, essentially a big budget sci-fi movie. And I'm I sorry, thought, Ashley. Oh no, sorry. I, I thought didn't we cover uh, at least one, if not more, of their movies recently, where we kind of had this discussion about the way they would kind of do these almost knockoffs. I'm sure we have mentioned it, but okay. I was just giving them a quick overview. You mean Hollywood producers without any of their own um, creative ideas? <laughs> well, well, there's a point to bringing up all the past stuff that we talk about that are built on other episodes, because this I, one... Was... I, I must say, this movie is ten times better than Alien, because number one, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a woman that's really hot, and she's always naked. Hence, making it one of the greatest alien films ever. <laughs> that is true. Not to be recreated till years later when Natasha Henstridge came out in Species. So, uh, <laughs> and she had to have sex yes. all the time. <laughs> yes, that is true. So, uh, by the way, we saw the theaters together, and we riffed it so bad we had people in front complaining, and we looked at them like, "You're fucking kidding." You're fucking kidding. You gotta be fucking laughing at this horse's piece of shit. So that's another future episode. But let's talk a little bit more about Life Force. Now, this is actually, uh, to give it a little bit of alien tie, it's actually writ, uh, writ based off the book Space Vampires, which is actually written by none other than Dan O'Bannon, who wrote Star Beast, which was the original story where uh, Alien was, came from. Uh, and, they, the origi- and the original Alien with... With a giant beach ball. Yes, so. and uh, yes, Dark Star, correct. Uh, directed by the great John Carpenter, bringing that back into that universe. So, uh, you know, so it, it's written by him, though. Tobe. 
Toby uh, definitely changed some things. Like it was in an asteroid belt. He takes it to Haley's Comet because Haley's Comet, uh, when this was released, had just came by the year before. Uh, and I don't remember it. And I don't know if I'll live long enough to see Haley's Comet again. I realized I was wondering when it was going to happen. And I was like, man, it's cutting it close. Not sure if I'll make it. You won't see Haley's Comet, but by God, every Wednesday, listeners, you can catch Eric on the Laugh Finder podcast <laughs> and you can see Haley's Comet. <laughs> Shout out Haley. Hell yeah. No, that rules. So uh, that those are those ties. And uh, I will say that as bad of a movie as this is, Life Force, there are some really cool special effects that happens. It's one of their biggest budget movies in canon history. And uh, the most important part is that they signed to- uh, Toby Hooper to a three-movie deal. One was to do this, and one of the movies that came out of this was none other than one of my favorite films, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So, very important. I thought you were going to say Masters of the Universe. No, he didn't direct Masters of the Universe. Oh. But uh, this was part of Toby Hooper's three-movie deal. They did this, and uh, what's the one with the Mars? Is it something Mars is the other Toby? Mars Ho- Attacks? No, it's not Mars Attacks. Red Planet? Red Planet with Val Kilmer? No, it's not. And you're just, now you're going to keep giving me the wrong one. What else you got? Um, <laughs> Mars. Mars. La- Did you just say large Mars? <laughs> like at large Marge, but with Mars in its place? <laughs> Mars, Mars bars. <laughs> He's he's they touched. Make the, they make they make Twix. He's touched. Uh, it's not just a it's not just a it's not just a candy bar. It's a cookie. That is true. That is true. Uh, they did. Uh, they spent a little bit of money on uh, uh, on actors in this. They got the great Peter Firth, who's playing Colin Kane in this. Uh, Steve Railsback, uh, who plays Tom Carlson. What's your favorite Steve Railsback movie? Me, of course, that's Helter Skelter, where he does a damn good Charlie Manson. <laughs> oh my gosh! And I, th- I think he really sucks as an actor, unless he's playing Charles Manson as a psychotic person who can't really handle it, even in um, during a trial. So, I will say that uh, he is in the greatest thing I've ever seen him in is like X Files season one or two. He he plays he's uh, one of the characters in one episode where he's a guy who's seen in a spaceship and he's completely fucking batshit crazy and he's great in that. So I do love him in the X Files. Uh, I, I I think I think he really should have been. Uh, good in the Ed Gein movie because he looks kind of like Ed Gein, but I don't think he really acted it that well. Mm-hmm. That so. is true. Uh, we also get- plus Ed, Ed Gein could only be played by somebody like Tracy Walters. Tracy Walters. I was thinking like a good. I think Chris Elliott could be a good Ed Gein. <laughs> you and Chris Elliott. <laughs> I never miss a chance to bring up Chris Elliott, and I won't stop. And I'm unapologetic about that. Every time you bring it up, I feel like I'm stuck in Groundhog's Day. <laughs> <laughs> we don't reinvent the wheel here, okay? If you came for something new, you're out of it. The only thing that changes is the movie. The jokes remain the same. So uh, <laughs> we... Uh, it also has, of course, the great Patrick Stewart. This is uh, before Star Trek The Next Generation would really kick into full gear in 1988 or 89. So this is uh, a lot of us. Uh, we had probably seen Patrick Stewart in a couple odds and ends. I think he, he played, uh, was he in the movie um, 
what's that really gross movie with uh um oh god wait with uh really hoping with the hints today <laughs> no with uh what's his name mcdowell isn't it what's that one is it caligula isn't he in caligula yes Does... he's a star he is caligula okay got it i'm just making sure so and by the way that movie you were looking for was invaders from mars invaders from mars have you seen invaders from mars i'm not familiar with that one i've seen bits and pieces i think i think it was uh karen black or somebody with the kid okay it was mostly the kid in the movie it's uh, kind of like goonies and then uh i i it's important to mention that uh this movie is anchored by the sweet rocking tits of uh uh mathilda may a french actress who uh uh, plays Space Girl in this movie. Uh, I thought this was a pretty interesting tidbit that I picked up from uh, my research, aka my IMDb. Did you know? Here you go. So, uh, Toby Hooper once uh, revealed that in the early stages of shooting, they wanted uh, Miss May's pubic hair off completely, thinking that would make her look less nude. Okay, just I digest that first. <laughs> digest that I'm first one. I'm waiting for one. it. Okay. Uh, spoiler alert: It didn't. <laughs> so, in fact, it was worse because her vulva was exposed, making her look even younger. So they had to grow a bikini strip of pubes back. May had to frequently remove her pants and panties to allow Toby Hooper to inspect her uh makeup makeup artist sandra excelby uh talked about it in an interview we had uh she goes we had a big discussion about matilda may uh toby said he wanted all her body hair off and i said you can't do that toby she's a young girl at the time she was 18 90 percent of the film was on camera nude while walking around you cannot take off all the body hair can't take all the body hair away he said well i want the pubic hair as short as possible and lighten it up uh, I don't really want to see it, so every morning I was on my knees trimming and coloring to make it look perfect. In some cases, uh, she said that she didn't actually cut it, but simply sprinkled some hairs on it and cut the wings around it to make it uh, satisfy Toby Hooper's uh, um, likings. So there you go. That is, listen tough day at hair and makeup every day and that puts toby hooper <laughs> as the top five misogynistic directors yeah. of all time i gotta tell you i could have gone my whole lifetime without that piece of trivia <laughs> uh jesus christ uh-huh. Ima- imagine having pubic it's hair very important that, that she doesn't have any hair on her vagina <laughs> so in the scenes when we film her walking her vagina so. i just i just, I just love the it- word that they use the word vulva so, yeah, that is. True. I just think it would be funny if they get her there and they're like, "Look, we got all the hair off the vagina. What do we do about all the hair on her ass?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, leave that. That makes sure you know she's alien. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hearing about this trivia. And I'm just thinking out there somewhere there is a director who has already thought up the idea of a naked chick that walks around and kills people with her vulva because they're like super long camel toe and the movie's called camel toe of death whoa camel toe of death yes see those are things i can think up but i would never ever do as a director because i you know 
like to have some sort of integrity in life. So. Dude, I, I got to tell you, Jeremy, uh, Toby Hooper definitely camel-toed the line on this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh. now, Eric, Eric, are you going to elaborate how they pretty much interviewed every single British actress and all of them said, hell no. Yes. And then they go to uh, Olivia Hussey, who's like, okay, th- we got a Brazilian chick. You know, Brazilians ought to be pretty easy for this. Even she's like, no, no, I don't want to do all the nudity in this movie. She was the uh, the girlfriend in uh, It. Yeah, uh, I like that. Uh, I, and for, and think about it, a Brazilian chick in this movie with all the pussy that hair that has to get removed, it makes sense uh, because Brazilian wax <laughs> probably would have been the preferred method to get that. Anyway, um... <sighs> <laughs> So yes, every and, 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 oh, and another no. thing. Another thing is they were smart in Return of the Living Dead because uh, Linnea Quigley had a fake vajay cover on her. Yeah, and, you uh, just put. Yeah, and uh, you, or they like the males in this movie because there's two naked man ones, but because male nudity is so wrong, they just wore flesh socks, which I is a real word that I read today. Uh, flesh socks. The uh, male backups in the movie were Anthony Clytus and Flea. Although, yeah, you, hey, you know who else was considered for the role of one of the male vampires? None other than Billy Idol. Because how fun would that have been? It was like, come to me and make it not scary, and also attend this white wedding. <laughs> but I, but honestly, Billy Idol in in his prime kind of looked like a vampire. I would have been okay with that. But now, you know what? Honestly, this all makes a lot of sense. I I now understand why. why and they wouldn't that. have to use makeup when he loses his life force and looks really ragged and skinny. So that is true. That is true. Yep. So, uh, give him more cocaine. He needs more cocaine on set. The movie kicks off uh, aboard the spaceship that's approaching Haley's Comet. And I have a little audio of this. August 9th, 2.30 p.m., Greenwich Mean Time. The HMS Churchill, outward bound. On board a joint British-American space team. Their mission, to intercept and study the comet bearing Dr. Edmund Haley's name. The Churchill is the first spacecraft equipped with the Nerva engine. It propels the Churchill with constant acceleration, enough to create Earth-type gravity for the first time on an extended flight. The Churchill is on course for its rendezvous. Also, it only works if you don't have pubic hair. I just thought I needed to mention wow, that during was, narration. Uh, <laughs> was, was that Orson Welles? I don't know. I, I didn't have the narrator on there, but it sounded good. Sound, sound familiar? Had a, had a birthy timber. Sounded like he he narrated another Tobe Hooper film. I don't know if I remember the name of oh, it. Oh, yeah, it is. is it the same narrator as from the Texas Chainsaw? I guess so. Yeah, yeah so that's right. John Larroquette from Night Court. Oh, look at that. There we are. So, uh, huh. Kind of sounds like the man that cleans my meat curtains. <laughs> <laughs> For Larroquette meat curtain cleaning service. So uh, the ship runs into a sh- another alien ship the size of the fucking state of Maryland uh, adrift uh, along the green uh, uh, energy of Halley's Comet. Uh, they they go arrive over there because they, they decide to go investigate the ship, which uh, was based on the a giant artichoke. It was the idea of what the ship should look like. And uh, yeah, nothing says, uh, nothing says space and scary like a giant floating artichoke. Am I right? <laughs> uh, so uh, next, they uh, they enter through. Uh, this is what I, this is how I wrote this down. They enter through the ship's pussy. 
because if you look at this tunnel that they go down, it is literally That's- a birth canal. <laughs> well, you know what? That's super funny that you say that because whenever I saw it too, maybe because I have the proper equipment. Got to be honest with you, Eric. It doesn't quite look like a birth canal, but it does look like my lower intestine. Ah, yeah. I mean, I only, all I know about the insides is what I've seen of uh, Joe Robinson's colonoscopy. Very similar. So, you know. It looks I mean, like a sphincter. Go ahead. Ever, ever since Alien and, and Giger, all, all space aliens ships look like the Jays. So. That is, that is. Because you know what? You, you know how we in America, right? in America, we were made fun of as being, you know, sexually regressive and Europe much more progressive, which would lead us to believe that just aliens are sex crazed maniacs, uh, and just have giant pussy ships. And that's how the world and the universe works. It kind of makes sense because just like a man, they touch you without your consent. (laughs) I mean, the Japanese are so far ahead of us for like raping children and selling, you know, used underwear and in vending machines. So, that is, you listen, there's a market for that. I don't know about the raping children part, but, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I, you've obviously never been to Thailand. Ah, <laughs> uh, I haven't. So I you're haven't. not Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know where Thailand is in Japan. Jeez. <laughs> Why don't you ask me where El Salvador is in Mexico next? Jeez. <laughs> I mean, Mexico I'm pretty much goes all the way down to, like, Columbia or something. Yeah, Columbia, Maryland. It reaches from here yeah. down to there. It's um, one of the states of Mexico, okay? <laughs> it's one of the Mexico. Jerry does. I love Jeremy's knowledge. That's why we I, have you on I the I've gone to school. I knows my anatomy of the world. Okay? I knows. I knows. I, I, nobody's ever said a, 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 an intelligent thing after you hear the word, I knows. They find a bunch of uh, of these dead giant vampires, and we get a little brief description. It looks like we found the occupants of the ship. They look like bats. Giant bats. Oh, gosh. And he ends up breaking the finger off one of them. And, uh, Can, was there any sort of explanation in this movie as to why Railsback has a thick Texas accent and everybody else is British? Right. It, it's because it's a joint American. It's funny that they, they have like the best and brightest of Great Britain on this ship. And they're like, can we just can we just have Joe Bob Briggs also? <laughs> on the ship like that or <laughs> like we need we need somebody i don't know bring this janitor from the thing we'll put him on the spaceship uh it's like there's patrick stewart and all these other really highfalutin and all of a sudden carrot top is one of the staff yeah. hey why don't we use some, some weird props to get these aliens i do like that uh they like every, every time Tom that's that's uh, played by Steve Ralsback's voice that you just heard. I like I imagine them on the ship and like they're running diagnostics and like fixing hyperdrives. They were like, Captain, uh, if you could go. Sorry, I'm I, I'm actually really busy working on this. And he's just holding one of those like toys that like babies play with, where you put the right shape into the like, <laughs> thing. And he and he's stuck because he's trying to force the square through the circle hole, and he doesn't understand why it won't work he's like i'm gonna need some more time with this to figure i'm working out. on a physics problem <laughs> so uh he breaks the finger off then all of a sudden the ship starts to open up and go crazy a little bit on the outside jesus what the hell is that commander the ship has just deployed a it looks like some sort of big structure that's just unfolding 
and as it unfurls, a giant light starts glowing within the spaceship in the dome that they're in. So they go in to go uh, investigate that. Yeah. Can I make a comment that I thank God that Einstein was born in Germany and not in Texas? So that obviously there's that prejudice that the Southerners don't seem as intelligent, but I told you the answer to all of relativity is E equals MC squared. You're like, oh, fuck, fuck everything. Yeah, talking about MC squared dancing. Yeah. Well, it's real easy. I I always uh, Joe Bob Briggs, who uh, is actually a pretty smart gentleman in in of itself. He he, uh, uh, I believe he has like some type of doctorate in science. As a matter of fact, he when oh, asked, he does. When, yeah, when asked why he does like things like Monster Vision and review horror movies, he's like, because nobody's going to listen to me talk about rocket spaceships in this <laughs> accent and take me seriously. I can only talk about titties and murder. That's it. That's what my voice is set up to do. So that's what I do. <laughs> so that's just good self awareness more than anything, because it's true. If I met if I if Aristotle was from Kentucky, nobody would listen to the things he would say as important or prophetic, right? So are the days of our lives. So are the sands of time. Are stars just pinholes in the curtain of night? <laughs> Actually, I kind of wish Stephen Hawking's robotic voice had like a southern twang to it. He's just yes. Like, How much would that be? Do yes. you th- that's if I lit if I was his caretaker, I would fuck with his voice modulation just to make him sound like like <laughs> no, just to make him one day he just has Kendall Jenner's voice and nobody will listen to him about science anymore. <laughs> when I am contemplating wormholes or black holes, I am contemplating the vajays at the stripper clubs I like to frequent. Bet, 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 bet. So uh I love uh Lone Star. Uh, his is a great book by Stephen Hawking. <laughs> Lone Star. <laughs> so uh, the uh, the captain then goes through the uh, the bright light that is opened up within the ship that looks like it's surrounded by like a million giant ticks that are just eating at it. It's very very unsettling to look at, and uh, as he floats in, uh, he's transfixed by the the rocking tits of the space girl. Three bodies, perfectly preserved. They look to me to be like an... Something's happening to me. What's wrong with me? I think... What's wrong? I think I'm getting a space erection. I've never... I've never experienced one in the suit before. It's zero gravity. Makes no sense at all. Uh... So uh, he uh, he's fascinated by her, stares at her, uh, and uh, it's also I, I I think it's very funny because obviously she has some type of power that drains some of your en- energy and life force just by being around her. But the one thirsty ass astronaut that's with the captain who looks is like she looks pretty fucking perfect to me. <laughs> hey, do you want to write together? <laughs> I was gonna say, Eric, her superpower is that she's just a woman. Yeah. <laughs> so uh they uh they then 
go from that. Uh, so they, they end up taking the beautiful alien and the two male counterparts home with them, along with one of the frozen bats, on their 30-day voyage back to Earth. But by the time they return home, uh, the crew is all dead, and uh, the captain... Captain Tom has uh, ejected himself from the spaceship and returned home in an escape pod. So they send up some astronauts to recover the nude specimens that are left in the shell of the ship that's there. And uh, apparently the three alien specimens are still perfectly preserved in their completely glass coffins. So uh, there's uh, they're headed back to Earth now. So, yeah. Uh, I just realized they could have called this movie Snowbite. Ah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Snowbite. Like Snow White. Yeah, yeah. I got you. All right, nice. Thank you. That was pretty yeah. good. I'm, I'm pretty thankful that they didn't go all out to have the uh, life force drain from them from their penises. That is true. <laughs> I That is something... That is something that I uh, I worry about all the time, Jeremy. Which God might happen you. with Life Force 2. So. Life Force 2, the search for more penis. That is... Uh... <laughs> Life hey, we're Force going full porn. So. I was going to say Life Force 2 now that I've had children. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on Earth, uh, one of the fellas checks out the naked alien and she ends up sucking the life out of him uh, pretty quickly uh, by kissing him and then pulling lightning out of his mouth uh, in a pretty epic fashion. The other fellow rushes to his aid and I find it very comical because this is very a Toby Hooper thing is the guy who's running to help him has to go through like 40 doors to get to him. I did find that. I that was funny. <laughs> he's like, holy shit, I gotta go. I swear he goes through like eight doors as he's running through the facility. <laughs> <laughs> to get to this place that he's observing on a monitor. So uh, he finally gets there, and she turns her eyes on him and says, uh, use my body, and he obliges. Uh, she then leaves that fella unhurt but very startled and drained. She then blasts her way out of the facility as uh, she sexily strolls her way out uh, in this non-well-lit, uh, which is supposed to be like a... I always find this funny. It's the same problem I have with uh, uh, Halloween 2. It's like, oh, it's just... We just keep all of the lights off at night, even when there's a full staff working all the time, and she, I'm just going to go walk through this place. Uh, Let's just talk about the most egregious scene of any movie of a naked chick walking upstairs with the camera almost right under her ass. Yeah, so. yeah, I did notice that. I did notice that. Uh, and thank God this movie came out a little bit later in my life so that I wasn't a younger person pausing that scene and watching it in slow motion if I was younger. So Yeah, I mean, it's I did it, but I did it just for... For you know, because I have to examine the movie, much like Toby Hooper examined this lady's pussy every day. <laughs> Whereas instead, at that time in life, I was getting Dad's secret videotape of his porn. Oh so. yeah, the the do not watch tape. Yes, that had it written the, on the, there. The Ron Jeremy <laughs> tape. Yes, with uh, no classic. label whatsoever classic dad uh anyway so uh she then eventually uh blasts her way out of the place and walks through the glass she actually had to wear rubber soles so she didn't hurt her feet at this part and uh she's out on the streets of england uh i was thinking that did they have to have her walk on broken glass versus plastic or gel that looked like glass no like, wouldn't that have been easier to toby 
goes for realism, okay? And that's uh, important because I thought the first time where we ever saw fake rubber feet on somebody was uh, Die Hard, but apparently it's life force. Uh, apparently you just have to walk on glass a lot barefoot, and when you do, you get rubber sole feet and you just do it. So You know who else they tried to hire for this movie, right? Who's that? Because of that scene, they wanted to hire Andy Lennox. Oh, I knew you were going there, and I love it. Because <laughs> there's a song, Walking on Glass. I'm walking on glass. I'm walking on glass. I'm Annie Lennox. <laughs> that was very strong, Jerry. Strong. So uh, yeah. the uh, the Bobbies show up and investigate all the mess that's left behind at the facility. We get to meet Colonel Kane, who shows up to take over the investigation. That's by, played by Peter Firth. Uh, he then shows the uh, the dude who's completely sh- uh, shriveled up like George Soros uh, looking ass body. He, uh, he, he then asks the other guy how he was overpowered by this beautiful alien. Was the most overwhelmingly feminine presence I've ever encountered. I was drawn to her on a level that. Was it sexual? Yes, overwhelmingly so. And horrible. Was it because she Lost. was naked? Also, she told me that she enjoyed the show Mork and Mindy, and I knew that no one else we could connect on a level like that ever again. <laughs> she started talking about Doctor Who episodes, and I knew. I could not resist her power. I said, "Please don't make the don't make the sound of the TARDIS. I'm about to bust." And then <laughs> she knew every quote from Monty Python that I'd ever known. Uh, I, I, I've never connected with a woman like this before. <laughs> she said she wanted to play Dungeons and Dragons with me, and her power was more powerful than any other woman. He just starts blasting cum around the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite thing about men is they're like what she somehow magically likes the same things as i do and just, yeah, like, I don't understand. <laughs> they're just like what she plays video games too she's a cool girl <laughs> she said she also liked my little pony <laughs> <laughs> so uh kane then questions the other bloke uh who ends up being uh dr falada uh and falada has some hot takes on uh what's going on and what happened if i'm correct the life force is conserved always and in all things even after go for it go for it i think that applies to what's Did happening here tonight. yes yes i do i think that girl creature drained energy Life force partially from Bukowski and partially from the god. A vampire? It could be described that way, yes. I mean, in a sense, we're all vampires. We drain energy from other life forms. The difference is one of degree. That girl was no girl. She's totally alien to this planet and our life form. And totally dangerous. All right, there you go. Titular line already, not more than 30 minutes into the movie. I like it. So, Is this, is this scene also have Aubrey Morris in it? I, I don't believe so. Maybe, but yeah, tell us about your favorite Aubrey Morris film. Well, that would, of course, be Mr. Deltoid from uh, 
a Clockwork Orange that meets Alex in his undies and uh, hits him right in the balls during that scene. That is true. I do like it. Oh, yeah. I guess later, I guess his last great role that I loved was the uh, captain from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that always had to be in a bathtub. Ah, very good. Very good. So, uh, meanwhile, the other two uh, vampires are on lockdown until... Yeah, he looks dead. Oh, God! They immediately break out, and uh, they get machine-gunned up, and they seem to be very unfazed by all the machine-gun fire, as uh, they also are now free from the confines of their uh, prison at this facility. Um, Next, the doctors try to do an autopsy on the fella who got the life sucked out of him, and as they're checking him out... Oh, he wakes up! I just like the noises this thing makes. It's just This is pretty much me when I wake up in the morning. This is just I, I I let's play a fun game. Is it is this the movie Life Force or is this Jeremy's just regular sleep apnea? <laughs> I'm calling him Spewy. Isn't he sweet? He also spews things on you. He's a creature from another from another planet. It also, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure this sound that you're hearing is also the sound that uh, Ashley's cat made right before the show. <laughs> Oh, no, yeah, that's a hairball. That is a hairball. I, so <laughs> I assumed that was you last week when you couldn't shit for like three days properly. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I did go through a three-day spurt, and the spurt is the proper word to choose for this, where I it was whatever went into my body. Uh, I basically, my apparently my gut was acting like a Nutribullet. So if you put something in, it just instantly liquefied and shot out like a fucking 12-gauge. Uh, it was, it was amazing. And it came out like the way, like, you know, when you first turn on a hose and she goes, like, it was that the entire, every shat that I had. So, uh, it was just a lot of water and bananas until that solidified again. I love, I love that as soon as it's over, you're like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to eat potato salad. Hell yeah. That's the only thing. (laughs) That's the only thing that, that can fix the shits is having some potato salad. Uh, can, can you cue that audio one more time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, just cue it, just cue it. And now, tonight, for the Academy Awards, giving the award for Best Film Actor, Brad Pitt. Yay! <laughs> oh, Brad, you know, it's really beautiful tonight. You know, I loved working on Inglorious Bastards with you. You know, uh, I'm Quentin Tarantino. Brad, what, what, do you, what was your favorite part of working with me? That's really good, bro. He had, a slight, he had a slight motorcycle accident and his face was ripped off. But he's still a great actor. We let him join us for the Academy Awards tonight. Brad, you are a kidder. 
<laughs> oh, okay. I think we that was good. We got we got some good bits out of that. I like that. Oh gosh. So, uh uh after that uh he springs to life uh but uh he uh he then tries to go suck off one of the other doctors life force and uh he all of a sudden looks perfectly normal again which is very very nice uh kane then calls uh kane then calls to investigate the other one who was sucked dry in the park by the vampires who left he, uh, he then returns to the facility to see the guy who came back to life two hours ago. He's now uh, he's now about to die because he needs more energy. As I feared, once transformed, the victims need regular infusions of energy. Otherwise... Otherwise what? And down here, we have the pathologist who was attacked by the guard. And he's not looking so hot either. So apparently you get a little life force sucked out of you. All of a sudden you get to look like one of these dry babies uh, and you just walk around and you're just a regular Brad Pitt. But you look, you you sound like Brad Pitt, but you look like Jack Lemon. So uh, it's very... We call this we call this Rod Stewart syndrome. No, well, God. unless you are sucking an entire gallon of jizz every two hours. You start to die, and you won't be able to be a good singer anymore. These aliens have actually been sucking off Keith Richards for years, and he's apparently just fine and immune to the <laughs> to the effects of it. They do look like little mini Keith Richards fucking mummies that are like, uh, "You want to hear me play Painted Black?" <laughs> so and this are the effects of space AIDS. Space AIDS. So uh, they then. Um, they see that he, if he doesn't get it, he'll uh, he'll he'll die. They go to observe three others that are just like that. One guy shatters against the bars as he like comes forward and goes bah! boom, and mummy style just evaporates into dust. Then uh, the chick dies while she's on the operating table. It's very uh, reminds me a lot of the operating scene where they have that lady strapped down in um, uh, Return of the Living Dead, like that half thing, and just like since her uh, spine isn't like moving around like a dog's tail. Yeah, that is true. But then she explodes into dust. Uh, they then which? Oh, I'm so sorry. Which I, I just got to say, I'm so glad you brought up Return of the Living Dead again because she's our number two spot for rock and tits. Hell yeah, Linnea Quigley fucking rules. Oh no, no, that chick right there. No, oh. the dead chick. She had yeah. Ooh, you know they yeah. were still pretty well formed for being all wrinkly and decayed. Hell yeah, reminded me of something about Mary with those flapjacks when they got exposed. Hell yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I like what I when I can disarm Ashley with a reference. It's my favorite, and that one that one got her good. Which so. which is also why my favorite website is prunytits.com. So. Prunytits.com is that yeah. that okay? I've never heard it's of it. Only only eighty eighty year old plus women. So. Oh okay, hell yeah! All right, well, you know they don't tell them that they're filming them at the nursing home when they get the pictures and videos, but yikes. it's all good. Yikes! You know. Okay, so uh, they don't then, judge me. They then go to question Captain Tom as he goes to recap uh, the missing scene from uh, the failed mission home. Uh, all of the the crew's life force is slowly being drained on there, and then uh, I 
also thought it was very funny that like on this modern space station, he just has a a picture that's framed of uh, Edmund Haley, the guy who's discovered Haley's comet. I found that to be very hilarious and a, definitely a Toby Hooper. Like, oh yeah, this is this. People think this is funny, and I did personally think that just having a full framed picture of Edmund Haley was very hilarious. Well, you know, it's good that they give a send up to the book roots. You know, that is okay. So uh, he then burns up the ship and then escapes on the pod so tom heads home uh has a horrible erotic dream about the space girl and let me tell you it's so bad that he wakes up and these rocking tits and just goes- <laughs> whoa can i just say i had the hardest time controlling the volume of this movie because it would be too goddamn quiet while i'm trying to listen to the dialogue and then i would make the mistake of turning it up and then every i'd say five to ten minutes you just hear random horrific screaming at the top of their lungs (laughs) and i was like this is awful yes uh he he then wakes up and just he listen he recaps this horrible wet dream he had It was a dream. It was a dream. What dream, Carlson? The girl. She visited me. Visited you? Visited you how? In my mind. She... 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 She she, she has some kind of mental contact over me. She's straining me. Tell us about the dream, Carlson. So, what they do establish here is that he has some type of psychic connection to her that they think that they can tap into if they hypnotize him. So, of course, because hip hypnotizing was a big thing. You thought you could solve everything in the 80s. If you just hypnotize somebody, they go ahead and hypnotize Tom Carlson, and we get to hear this as he's seeing through the eyes of the space girl, who's now inhabiting a different body. She's using a different body. What is she doing? She's looking for a man. What man? Any man. A healthy man. Does she intend to kill him? No. Why not? She's afraid of being caught. How could she be caught? The body and give her away. So what is she hoping to do? She wants to draw some energy from him. Not enough to kill him. She can do that? Yes. Space girls can do anything. Um, so... So he recaps that, and uh, she look he looks she looks now like a a lovely red haired lady. So now we've established that they can inhabit other people's bodies, and then also use them as little conduits to suck life force out of people. So he then uh, uh, they then go try to track down the girl that he saw in his dream. Meanwhile, the doctor f- tries to figure out how to kill these things, but one of the male vamps shows up in a guard uniform while he's trying to figure that out. That's uh, Dr. Falada. Uh, next, Dr. Armstrong. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. We're just skipping over the kissing scene? No, this, that we're coming up to it right now, and relax, relax, okay? Next, we, we see Dr. Armstrong, who enters the movie, Paid by yours truly, Patrick Stewart. Uh, they go to question the lady that Tom saw in his dreams because she's at this insane asylum. And uh, I did find this uh, part. Uh, I don't know why. It's it's a horrible, the, the content is horrible, but his acting is so bad that it makes me laugh when he talks to this lady. So he's talking to the lady who was 
uh, possessed by the space girl so you could hear what she did. She's, he's, putting his, his, oh, sorry, this one. How do you know that? I can see it in her mind. She's resisting. I'm going to have to force her to tell me. Despite appearances, this woman is a masochist. An extreme masochist. She wants me to force the name out of her. She wants me to hurt her. I can see the images in her mind. Do you want to stay? Otherwise, wait outside! (laughs) I gotta be honest, this is probably my favorite part of the movie. I love when he's like, you should leave, and he goes, I'm a natural voyeur. I'm like, this is Cuck City, man. Uh, you know, just just when the movie couldn't get any better with like just a naked chick as much as egregiously possible, we also have women beating during the movie. Yeah. That's just you know I adding did, to the. That is very funny though, Ashley. You did mention that part where where uh, Colonel K- Colin Kane is sitting there and he's just like, maybe you should leave the room. And instead of even being <laughs> even being worried, he sits back and crosses his legs like, let's see where this is going. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'm natural at watching. And I'm like, oh, God. But yeah, I love when he goes, she wants me to hurt her. I'm like, ah, typical man. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he then rips Welcome her- to Epstein Island. He then rips her blouse, exposing her back that's covered with scratch marks because I guess that's what happens when you're abducted by aliens. I don't understand she, she what that is. She literally has like 20, she has 20 cats in her apartment. Yeah, so. Yes, so uh, he tells her Which to leave. Normal. He tells her to leave the body. They kiss, she faints. They place her gently on a bed and then Tom somehow knows the physical description of, uh, of the person who's inhabited because of that kiss. And uh, they decide to go hypnotize her now but they use the drugs to all of a sudden drug uh none other than dr armstrong played by patrick stewart because they know he's actually the one who's possessed because of the kiss that just happened there i had to watch this three or four times to gather this together so they go uh Oh, oh no, they actually think it's some child murderer in the basement that they just keep there. And uh, he's like, nah, they're bullshitting. It's this guy or whatever. So they, they then go to hypnotize Patrick Stewart. Uh, but well, let's, let's not forget the wonderful wrestling scene where Patrick Stewart is made into submission. No, don't, his, don't do with that. With his knees on his arms. Yeah. Pretty much like every episode of Star Trek. So. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they drug him. And then uh, as he's laying there drugged, uh, you can hear the voice of the girl. There's no need for that. No need. My name is Caitlin. They then go on to ask... You in there? Listen, you bitch. I'll keep you in the state for weeks if I have to. Now you talk to me. Be with me. What do you want from me? I love you. What are you? Why are you so human? So perfect? What are the bird creatures on the ship? Our bodies are unimportant. As you and your men have approached in your ship, we change them for you. We entered your minds and found their new bodies. 
I took my shape from your mind. I took your language. I became the woman I found there in your deepest thoughts, your deepest needs. I am the feminine in your mind, Carlson. Wow, your voice is really deep from the feminine in my mind. <laughs> Apparently, I'm into it's so, re- <laughs> so, it's so realistic, just like most transsexuals. Um, so then, uh, as that's as that's going on, uh, he finally awakens and gets up and starts to to kiss. Dr. Uh, Colonel Tom Carlson as things just explode as the fireworks go off in this hot male kiss. Which, by the way, um, completely is uh, documenting what happens during actual gay sex. This is a gay sex moment. I have seen that. I've actually watched Michael Furr before, and this has happened multiple times in his presence. It's it's Uh, so realistic with the blue uh, soul that comes out into the room and everything. that That is true. Um, Christmas Steve-O told me this is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, hot male-on-male Patrick Stewart kiss after that. The place is in shambles. Uh, They then uh, go to talk to Dr. Falada, who gives them a little bit of information on how you can kill these things, because he ended up taking one of them out. The two men didn't die! They jumped to the bodies of the two soldiers who shot them and transformed the soldiers' bodies into their own likenesses. That's the difference between them and their victims. The victims can't leave their bodies. Only the original three can do that. But I killed one of them. One of which? One of the two male vampires. One of the transformed ones. How did you kill him, Philada? How? The old way, Carlson. A leaded metal shaft penetrating not through the heart but through the energy center two inches below the heart. Not steel, but leaded iron. Completely different from regular vamp. See, space vampires. I, I used you have a to- Russian dildo, because <laughs> they're made of lead. See, with with uh, I, I can just imagine how this movie was pitched. He's like, all right, you, you heard about all the regular vampires or whatever. All right, get this, get this. You got to stab a vampire through the heart, but a space vampire... Two inches below the heart. It's completely different. They can't get us for copyright infringement. AK Gabagoo. And then, <laughs> that's just how this was pitched. And then I can just imagine Monogram like this is very, this is a good story. I link I think these we, we can work with this. This uh, space vampires idea. Very good. Uh so uh It's a good th- thing they brought the big giant sword from the spaceship that can be like a dagger. <laughs> <laughs> so we then uh we start seeing blood drip out of Patrick Stewart in that in a wow quite a weird ass scene that happens there uh which was pretty much me with covid a couple weeks ago. That is true. That is true. So uh I was like this can't be good. <laughs> Tom then come clean, comes clean with the experience that he had on the ship, which is just him making out with the vampire for a couple days, asking why, why she chose him to fall in love with. Uh, London uh, then goes under full attack during this thing. Uh, the chopper lands near uh, lands under NATO control now, as it's full martial law in the streets of London. As- did you skip the scene? Did you skip the scene where he kisses her on the spaceship? That we just, I glazed over it. Would you like to mention more about it? 
Yeah, because uh, he missed some of the dialogue that he was supposed to say during that scene. Okay, what was the? What did I miss out here? Fill us in. Because he's he's a, he, he puts his hand through the uh, the plastic coffin, and he's like, "That's when I I came upon her like a salad bar and a sizzler, but it was better than a salad bar because it was naked." <laughs> And there was no, there was no sneeze guard between me and them voluptuous milk bags. Uh, <laughs> and the croutons were all fresh. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you know, man, we are simple creatures. What can I say? I miss uh, Sizzler. I miss, <laughs> I miss Sizzler. Uh, Life Force 2, Sizzler Boogaloo. Uh, Tom then, uh, goes down the chopper lands and now the blue light, uh, uh, that came out of Patrick Stewart is just wreaking havoc all over the streets of London. Tom uses his psychic link to see where the sweet vampire is, who's now across town, uh, uh, at a at a church of all places that's just filled by with the, dead bodies, and all of the by, life force is just being sucked to that singular point, and then going up into the ship. By the way, there isn't has this uh, rioting and craziness has nothing to do with the vampires. There was just like a sale on Furbies. <laughs> it's a Furby sale. It, I would say, wouldn't it be like more like Cabbage Patch dolls at this area? They're like, oh, there's Cabbage Patches at the at the, at the well, church. I, I try to keep it try to keep it um um current and also yes, from the, the 90s. scientists are like all this madness. <laughs> it's as bad as if a Pistons game just happened. <laughs> yes, there we go. Oh. So, uh, Kane meanwhile rushes to the site of the church as well, uh, but. Uh, uh, when he gets there, he's met by a um, uh, by the male um, by the uh, by the male uh, uh, vampire who's standing at the front, and uh, Carlson. Uh, uh, we get to hear this little thing as he's standing a pile uh, atop of a pile of dead bodies uh, as Kane looks at him. It'll be much less terrifying if you just come to me. Just that. And he stabs him in the life force maker as uh, all of the energy is released from his body and uh, gets through him without too much problem after that. Now, Kane then enters the church, which is also filled with more dead bodies just everywhere, like a comical amount of dead bodies in this church. Like, nobody... I've never even been to a church that was that full of people that wasn't a wedding. So they just came in mid-wedding and was just like, all right, cool, let's do this. And uh, there's a giant thing of energy that's going down in the middle where the pulpit it is and below there it's just it's kind of like the biggest jonestown revival you've ever seen yes that is true uh he then looks down to where the energy is going and he can see tom and the space girl making out very fucking passionately as uh and in a scene akin to that of army of darkness where the chainsaw is thrown down and sweet ash reaches up and it perfectly interlocks so does he throw down this wonderful iron sword so that she uh tom can stab the space it'll be much less terrifying if you He throws it down, and he stabs her through the back and then into his own body, killing both of them. 
releasing all of the energy and then also somehow teleporting them up to the ship as well is energy. I don't know how the ending exactly works. Uh, Again, tip- typical man be like, I can't go alone. I've got to take a woman down with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they then float back up to the ship and then the ship just flies away completely unscathed with both of them aboard. And that brings us to an end of fucking Life Force 1985. Wow. Cue the the Christopher Cross music. Sailing takes me away to another planet while stealing (laughs) their souls. Agreed, man. What a ride. Uh, Final thoughts on Life Force, Ashley. Um, yeah. Love the nudity. Uh, Big fan. Love that it made no sense. Love it. They're space vampires. They take people's life force. Jeremy, what are what are your highs and lows of life force? Uh, um, I still feel dirty watching it after all these years. Um, uh, you know, hey, I don't know. Still better than Poltergeist. Well, wow, 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 wow! (laughs) Look at her face. Wow. (laughs) So, uh, I'm kidding. I will I'm say, kidding. I will say, I did enjoy the uh, the life force for what it is, if n- for no other reason that this movie being made allowed the Texas Chainsaw two to be made. So that's pretty good. And you know what? Let's just take a moment to appreciate the wonderful London Symphony Orchestra who did the soundtrack for this, which is actually not appropriate for this movie at all but I love it it's a good soundtrack and overall uh, I enjoyed it and I hope you guys can take some time if you'd like to in your busy days it's free on Tubi right now you can watch it with a couple commercials completely for free through your computer or device so check that shit out if you go full circle from Toby Hooper doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre to having Steve Railsback as the star and then being Ed Gein in another movie it's like a trinity of, uh, you know, Leatherface. That is true. Um, Ashley, where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs. You can also catch all of us on July 16th at the Mahoning Drive-In for the Joe Bob, Big, uh, Joe Bob Briggs weekend. Uh, so come visit us, say hi. And you can also catch me July 30th at the Lou Room in Baltimore. Yeah, and I'm going to have some cool free stuff, hopefully, to give away, too. So if you come and say hi to us, you might get yourself a little Live, Laugh, Love koozie. I'm going to make a whole bunch of koozies up that we can give out to folks. I think that'll be a cool little give. Um, all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Links to the merch store and all that shit there. Jeremy, take us out. He's a total masochist. She wants me to force it out of her. <laughs>